Tonight, do you have a best friend, a grandmother in hospice, or super smelly feet? We want to know what you're watching. All of that tonight on Brilliant Observations. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Jessica Kufferman. Welcome to Brilliant Observations. I am here with my co-host, Melissa Brilliant. AKA Brilliant Observations and John Jamingo. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? Not too bad. Music got a little crazy there. Yeah, well, it sure did. <laughs> it sure did. We got lost for a minute. I can't tell what's going on with the music because it sounds good here. That's all I can tell you. Johnny Jamingo. I do love that name. Me too. It's the best thing I've ever come up with, ever. I love that you changed it on Twitter. It's the best. I know. It makes me so happy every time I see it. So uh, first things first, what the hell happened last week? I leave you guys alone for one day and <laughs> look what happened. Was it, was my t-shirt say? Which In part? our defense, we were left unsupervised and that is what happened. What part? It was the you worst. The show? The, the, audio, the show was good. Who was dragging the microphone around like it was a baby? I don't know. I think we were just trying to get it right so that we both sounded good. I don't even know. It was the worst audio quality of a show that I've ever done. And John has the emails to prove it, by the <laughs> well, way. Well, listen, you can go ahead and thank us for giving you this opportunity to be so smug. Well, thank you. <laughs> because I'm, it looks like you're enjoying it, so you're welcome. I mean, he's dragged it out. Hey, listen, I had a little bit I was going to do. Having a cigarette. I was, ha- <laughs> was going to start doing the Jack Nicholson, you want me on this pod, you need me on this pod. Some people talk about audio quality like it's a joke and parties, but when you need me, you know, so go through that whole. So, John, what you're saying is you ordered the code red. Is I that ordered what you're the saying? code red. Well, today I did. Yes. <laughs> damn right I did. <laughs> you're goddamn right I ordered the there code red. There you go. There you go. Ugh, I love that movie. It's so good. I love that part. It's so good. I love that whole so part of that movie. It's amazing. It it's great. I agree. So, in my intro, I mentioned hospice, which is not a funny topic, but want to bet. But you were visiting a relative in hospice who has a history of narcissistic lunacy disorder. There is actually a term now. My uncle told me that someone told him when she was in the hospital and he was she was screaming at someone and the doctor turned to him and was like, you know, she has combative dementia, right? And I said, how long do you think she's had that? And he was like, 30 years. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, we thought she was just a bitch. (laughs) But I'm like, is that an actual thing? I don't even know if it's a thing, combative dementia. But like, can you have it for 30 years? Because he's not wrong. It's been a long time. I think what she actually has is borderline personality, to be honest. Because she is, I mean, on a good day, accusing, needy, desperate for attention, screaming in rage and manipulating people to do what she wants. And this was all included in the hospice visit for me. So it was my grandmother. And just a little bit of backstory. My mother passed away 14 years ago. When she died, she left uh, a stepfather who really had no intention of moving out of my mother's house. So my uncle, her, my mom's the oldest of four. There's my mom, Cliff, Scott, and Judy. Those are my aunts and uncles. It's important because I'm going to be talking about them. Those are my mom's brothers and sisters. So Cliff lent us money 
to, you know, we figured out how much debt he had and how much he would get from the proceeds of the house, my stepfather, and, and my uncle Cliff just handed him the cash. We sold the house, and then I told Cliff we would give him his money back plus, you know, $25,000. So we sold the house. We gave him back the money. He wanted $100,000, and he sued us for it, and we got served on Christmas. We actually talked about this on an early, early, early podcast, and I was fucking horrified then. I'm catching you up. So um, so, so not only did he sue us, but, like, I don't know what he told my other relatives, but, like, for two years after my mother died, I kind of, like, you know, tolerated it, and, you know, I didn't think about it a while. And then after a while, Scott was just like, why do you talk to them again? Aren't you annoyed that they don't say anything to your uncle? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I think I am. I kind of am annoyed that they still talk to him and they don't give him any hard time about it whatsoever. After he fleeced your mother's two daughters. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, yeah. So I started pressing on them and they always say, like, keep me out of it. I don't want to know anything about it. But then my grandmother has the gall to be like, you have to keep this in the past. I'm like, really? You keep it. So anyway, so I go to visit her. There's really not much more they can do for her as far as, like, fixing her shit, whatever So hospice is. is a level of care. Is she in a facility or is she home? She's in a facility, like a 12, 12 to 14 bed facility. Okay. I get there first. Then I see her husband, Vince, who's 92. He's not my grandfather. They met 30 years ago. He comes in and he sits down with me for a minute. And as we're sitting together, she, you know, they kind of wheel her in and they get her all settled and everything. And then the woman comes over and starts to take, you know, to do intake. And Vince is, like, busy talking to all the people, you know, he's talking to everyone who comes across his past. And, like, oh, this is my wife. We've had 30 long, wonderful years together, blah, 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 blah. So the nurse sits down to do intake, and Vince comes over. And, like, all she wants to do is ask the questions on the intake form and get a response. And get out. But Vince cannot allow this to happen. For example, okay, Mr. where do you live? Well, you know, when we met 30 years ago, we were looking at this neighborhood oh, and that Lord. neighborhood, and we finally figured, you know, right. You sure you're not related? Phil, hey, Vince, here's a fill in the blank. I'll be back in 20 minutes to pick he it can't. up. He's 92. So even if you gave him that, he was too distraught to, like, figure it out. So, I mean, but everything. Does she have any food allergies? You know, she used to not be able to tolerate garlic, but then we had this wonderful shrimp from this restaurant. Like, it could not end. It would not end. Finally, I just take it from her, and I'm like, and I'm like just let me do it. And so we go in there and first thing – and, of course, he's still talking to all the nurses and kibitzing, kibitzing. First thing she says when she lays eyes on him is, you were supposed to be in the ambulance with me. Where the fuck were you? Where have you been? And he was like, "May I had to drive my car from the hospital. You make me promises and you never keep them. No one keeps promises that they make to me. <laughs> and she's sobbing hysterically. And so, and I mean, I don't even know what to do at this point. She takes one look at me and starts sobbing even more. Jessica, I thought you didn't love me anymore. Why haven't we been talking? Giving it to. I was like, what do you mean? I just talked to you like a month ago. What are you talking about? I don't know what you're saying. So then as she's talking to me and she's like grasping onto my hand for dear life, Vince is trying to, you know, like unpack her and put some stuff away. But if the man dares to interrupt, she bites his head off and feeds it to the wolf. So she's like, can you just see if she'll sign the Vince, what do you want? <laughs> what do you need? And I was like, she, he just, can you just relax? You're not going to die anytime soon if you don't relax, okay? Dying requires relaxation. Or a pillow. Take it easy. She, she wants to be done. 
but she keeps being all fiery and feisty. Who wants to be done more, her or Vince? Her. I don't no, know. He doesn't want to be done. It sounds like she lives for this attention so that there's no way she wants to be done. Right. So Cliff comes. He walks into the room. I say hi. He ignores me. I leave the room. They visit. He leaves. And then May, when I go back in, she's like, you were supposed to say hi to Cliff. You guys have to keep this all behind you. I said, I promised you I'd say hello. And I said, hello. I can't make him say hello back to me. That's your job. You want him to say hello back to me? You got to talk to him about it. They'll never question everything he does because he has all the money in the family. Was there any resolution to this horrible rift? No. So then that was a day where, you know, she kind of like she said a lot of things about like my mother hating her, which she did. And how she was afraid, like, my mom wouldn't be waiting for her, which she probably won't. You know, that she was scared, that she was scared to die because she, you know, she, first of all, she knows she was a terrible mom. She beat the shit out of all four of those kids. They are the most broken children in the world, including my mother. They have no self-esteem. They're all incredibly talented artistically. They have no motivation. They can't get out of their own way. Not one of them. Two of them are pathological liars. So So her fear is afterlife, not the fact that at her home she left hidden candy wrappers and bridge mix in her side table or a vibrator. Other grandmother. Or a vibrator to be found. Like she does not eat the bridge mix. I'll get to that in a minute. End of life. Wait a minute, quick question. Does she go to the movies and take popcorn out of the bucket and throw it on the floor? That's my sociopath. (laughs) So so we have our like goodbye. We have a nice moment. We have this like I love you so much. I'm so glad you came to visit me. And then as I'm walking out, she, she, you know, she takes one more grab and she looks me dead ass in the eyes and she says, lose the weight. Who does that? And I was like, okay. She goes, you're going to die. I don't want you to die. You can't die before me. I'm like, you think I'm going to die before you? You're in hospice. I'm about to put a pillow over your face. You are so going to die before I do. And I, I left do. the hospital and I swear to God, if she had died that night, her last words to me would have been lose the weight. And that's pretty fucked up. Next day, so then I call my sister, I tell her all of this, and then I tell her, you got to come say goodbye to her because she wants to see you. So my sister gets on a plane from San Diego at 7 o'clock in the morning, and then she's supposed to do a connection in Detroit at 3 and then be there at 5. But Detroit is having a terrible storm, so my sister gets held up in Columbus, misses her connector, and while I'm sitting in an empty Reagan National Airport, she is on the tarmac in fucking Columbus. That's a shame. Because if you went to BWI, that's where we all left our integrity. Remember in college, we just checked our integrity into there? Yes. That was my second day there. I mean, that was my second day there in the afternoon. In the morning, Vince figured out that there was a DVD player in the room. And out of sheer coincidence, happened to have a 40-minute DVD in his car of his personal memoirs. Oh, my God. What a fucking nightmare. He wanted to figure out how to play the memoirs so that everyone could see them because everyone was coming to visit Saturday. And I was like, I mean, I was trying to be polite, right? So first I'm just like, you know, you might want to be careful because May doesn't really like it when you talk to other people and here you're going to be show. Oh, we won't show her. She won't see it. I'm like, okay. Um, But maybe people are going to feel like you're trying to distract them from, you know, like saying goodbye in the hospice room. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're right. So then I come back with my sister the next day uh, early in the morning. It was like 11 o'clock. And he start. He says, my cousin's taking me out for crabs today to have a little bit of a distraction. And while I'm out, I'm going to get a portable DVD player. And I and the reason he needs one is because I told the nurse to tell him it was broken. So this couldn't happen. <laughs> so he has figured out that there's somehow. So he's like, I'm going to get a portable DVD player. And my sister's like, what do you need that for? 
my sister is like not really that confrontational, but sometimes she can really hammer it in. So she goes, what do you need that for? And he tells her what he needs it for. And she was like, that is a horrible idea. Why don't you save your DVD for when it's your deathbed? That's a horrible idea. And he was like, yeah, you're probably right. And he dropped it. I don't know how, why all the five different ways I tried to tell him not to do it deter and didn't work. But yet somehow my sister's like, fuck that shit. And it's done. At this point, I was trying to call my own husband, Scott, and like, I can't get away. And then my Aunt Harolyn comes in. Aunt Harolyn is cool and hilarious, but older. You know, she's like 80. And she has a giant photograph book of her own life. Oh, this is going to make your grandmother fucking crazy. And then as she can see how spicy May is, she's showing the pictures to everyone. Yeah, May does not like it. She's not happy. So after about a half hour of this, she goes, Harolyn... I'm tired. And we all like collect our stuff and go to go outside. And then the nurse comes back. I was like, Jessica and Dana, she's asking for you guys. We walk back in. She's like, have a seat. I just had to get rid of her. She was taking over. (laughs) Fucking got rid of her. Isn't that funny? Well, that suits her personality. It's right on. Totally just was like, bye. I'm tired. And then was like, psych. Just kidding. I just hate that bitch. Funny how if that was you, she would have probably told you to shut up and get out. But her. She would have said, Jessica. Stop showing people the book. Well, because you know why? Because she and Harolyn have been skating. They they have not, most recently, they've not been on the greatest terms. And Harolyn is my grandfather's sister. So she's not related yeah. to Harolyn. It's an ex-sister. Like Stanley died when I was eight. So she's Stanley's sister. So it's kind of, it's just kind of a weird relationship. She didn't want to hurt Harolyn's feelings, but she did want her to get the fuck out. Did you get a chance to say goodbye to her in this four days of circus that you're describing? The first day I got to say goodbye, but then she ruined it by saying lose the weight. So, But wait, I have one more story and then we're done. So this is the day I'm there with my sister. She kicks out Harolyn. We sit down and she says, would you guys like a piece of chocolate? And she points to a – well, right, because she's got truffles. Someone brought her truffles. Then she looks at me and she's like, I know you do. Fuck you. Oh, my God. How can I reconcile with you if you are continually picking at me? I was like, you're not wrong. Give me the chocolate. So she gets the chocolate. She gives my sister a piece. She gives me a piece. She takes her glasses off. She's got her glasses in one hand like this. And she unwraps the piece. She sticks it in her mouth. and She chews it for a second. Then she starts asking us questions. And as my sister's answering. She went to eat her glasses. She had her glasses halfway in her mouth and was chewing. And Dana, who, like, really wants me to see it before she's, like, just before she stops her. Yeah. She's like, look. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then she's like, May, May, those are your glasses. You got to take those out. Why did you stop her? I know. She should have just ate the damn glass. It was just so funny. Chewing and swallowing glass could be the end of it. But at this point, she was sedated. So she just ate her glasses, you know. And then, like, you know, then she started laying into Dana about what a terrible mother she is. And Dana and I on the way home were just like, you know what, May? Fuck you. Finish your glasses. Shut up. Honestly, I think the whole family should have lined up and just took turns holding the pillow over her face. But that's me. <laughs> she's not a nice lady. She's not. Exactly. I mean, she's not a but we've always lady. known that. We've always known that. She's always been totally self-centered, nasty. She's always. And we thought it was a little better when your mom got sick and they kind of reconciled. And then all over again, she went back into the shithead field of, of stupidity. It's a shame. Here's a question I have, I, I, please. I, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but but if it works out that way, it's fine. <laughs> why is it that the people that are the nastiest have everybody at the end like falling over them to be nice to her? Why don't you just say, "Listen, you were a twat through your whole life, 
and now you're dying, and we don't really care. Die alone. You deserve this. First of all, that's not really good karma. Second of all, I went because I know my mother would have wanted me to. And third of all, she had four children, which were all scared shitless of her. That's why they were all there. They will be scared shitless of her until she is dead. And then they won't know what to do with themselves because they're so used to being scared shitless of her and being told what to do by her uh, by her that they won't know how to live their own lives. Okay, they need to go to therapy. Does she have a shit ton Every of money? Every single – no. They're, she's leaving them each like 30 grand. And my sister and I, 30 grand is split. Also within there was peppered in instructions on where to get the things she's leaving us, which, by the way, she's told me for the last 15 years. She has not stopped talking about her death for 15 years. And then my Uncle Scott told me that a week ago she handed him her – she wrote her own eulogy, and it's three pages long. Oy. That sounds about right. Who am I oying? You know, that sounds- I'll tell you one thing about death. I can't wait to hear it. It's like when the person dies, myself. the scavenger hunt that becomes over their things is horrific. Not in this case. I'm telling you, she's written an entire novel and marked out each piece. You know, she's told me she's made these huge albums of Emily, Nathan, and Isaac, and she wants me to have them. Like, what the fuck do I need? I have all the- These are the pictures I've given you. Right. Right. I, I-, I don't want them. What do I want that yeah, for? Yeah, honey, here's your wedding album. You mean the one I have in a bigger version over yes. there on the bookshelf? She wants me to take my parents' wedding album, which I have, my bat mitzvah wedding album, which I have, my first wedding album, which I burned. Which we don't need. <laughs> right? Which like all the no things like, But I mean, you know, some pieces of jewelry, but I'm telling you, I've been hearing about this jewelry store since I was like 10 years old. I'm not, I mean, and then she's like, you are going to get it, right? You're going to come to my funeral, right? And I mean. <sighs> she's trying to fill the church, so to speak. She's trying to make sure. No need. She has a lot of friends and people that were Really? Coming. After all this, the way she is, she has a lot of friends? How? Combative dementia. You'd be amazed. When I go down to visit my mother, they say, oh, life is so hard for your mother. Can you believe she has to put up with? And I'm like, I stroke out before they finish that sentence because I can't imagine an ending to that sentence. Yeah. What the fuck's hard for her? Right. But she has super loyal and super tight friends that, I, uh, uh, all right, I guess you're not her daughter and she didn't tell you you needed a nose job. I and- mean, cl- yeah, clearly she's not saying to them, lose the weight. Right. She knows how to behave around other people. Which is so interesting in itself that your grandmother has like a code switching thing for not family so that they still do show up for her. Dana Um, was so conscious about the things she was saying that like a nurse came in and she introduced her gorgeous granddaughter, Dana. And she was like, Jessica's gorgeous, too. And I'm like, it's cool, man. I'm good. (laughs) You don't need to like she like jumped down. She's like, Granny Mae, Jessica's beautiful, too. And I'm like, really? She's a really, not just good sister. She's a really, 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 really good friend. And do you mind? when we were kids, she used to point to me and say, this is the smart one, and then point to her and say, this is the pretty one. I'm fine with that. I'm fine being the smart one and not the pretty one. Neither of us were that happy about it, to be honest. You just trash talked yourself and I'll take it because smart lasts forever, pretty lasts. And that was my week. That was my week. And And then I would go home at night and drink my face off because I had two of my high school friends that happened to be visiting Frederick that weekend. So, so you think they're nice to her because of the inheritance, you know, that she no. could just pull that out the last minute? No. And... no, she has threatened you with it before, though. Me? Yeah. If you don't go to her funeral, she's not going to put you in. It's 15 grand hurt me. I don't care. I mean, I'll go because I know that my mother would want me to go. 
That could get 10 trees removed from my backyard right now, which really needs to happen. I'm going for my mom. I'm trying to figure out, you know, maybe I'll take Isaac to Disney World with it or something. Like, I'm going for my mother. I would say to my mom, I would say, Mom, you know what? I love you, but I ain't doing this for you. Okay? She's a horrible person. I will do it. One time my grandmother gave my mother a hard time on Mother's Day, and I got very angry. I forget what it was. I don't know if she was criticizing the way she looked or what she was cooking. She was just grouchy, and she was verbally abusing my mother and i said hey it's mother's day don't talk to my mom like that and my grandmother started crying and went out into the driveway and sat in her car and my mother made me go apologize yeah i hate that i said i i refuse to apologize to her i shit you not when she apologizes to you i'll apologize to her that would never happen in a billion years. And I love my mother and I do what she says. So I, I said, you're an ass, but I'll do it. I mean, you're, this is ridiculous, but I'll do it. But my generation is the first one with any kind of self-esteem. The fact that Jonathan won't talk to his father is proof that they've done something right and not beaten the shit out of him. Because these four children are like, a mess. I don't know. My, my aunt's scared of her own shadow. The other one put himself through college, but like is basically suicidal and catatonic. They're and the mess. oldest one is a pathological liar who sued me for $100,000. They're a mess. They're a hot mess. Despicable and then hot mess. My mother's the only one that has any say- salvation, and that's because she's been hanging out with my father since she was 14. So during the formative years, she had carpels to fall back on. Hmm. Crazy, right? It was so crazy. I can't wait to hear... When she kicks it. The funeral? It. I can't wait. No, it's I just so want the update. Material. It is so much material. Dear listener, we will post on, I guess, Facebook and Insta, the final demise of Grandma Fuck You. Hey, and yeah. do you know people that go and take pictures at the casket? You know people, you've seen people do that? Never. No, but you know what? Vince kept wanting me to pose with her and smile. Wait, what do you mean? As like proof? I'm telling you, there was my mom. <laughs> Say hospice. Like my, weekend at Bernie's. I, I could I cannot understand. My mother's boyfriend died, had a heart attack and died. And his five kids, one crazier than the other, the one daughter was walking around with a camera and kept taking pictures of him inside the casket. Oh, and all, and I was yeah. no one does that. Who does no, that? We don't have an open casket. Oh. They go well, in yeah. the ground catch in a pine just box. Catch a peek. They go peek. I have no idea. I, I honestly I have no idea. I was like, why has she got a camera? I never I mean I had a I had a friend one time uh, uh, when I was 19 kill himself and I saw people going up to the casket and touching him and like fixing his tie and shit. And I mean, I don't know if it was the Jew in me or what, but I was just like, first of all, it looks nothing like him because, you know, they pump him out, pump him in and he's skinnier than he was. And then also his eyes are, you know, get your fucking hands off the dead man. It's like a wax museum version of my friend. But then also, I mean, like I'd never been to an open casket before. So I'm thinking, well, maybe this is just what they do. I don't know. Are you supposed to touch the body? No, never. That's wrong. So as far as friends go, I'm curious to know, do you have a best friend? Here's the thing. I can tie these two together. I can segue these two together with a story. So when my father died, he was bald, but he always wore a toupee. And when he died, they wanted to put the toupee on him, but they didn't know how to do it. And his friend, who was the (laughs) barber... That's hilarious. Gorilla glue. Yeah. He, he went <laughs> over and styled his hair to make it look like his hair when he was in there. And I'm thinking that's to myself. That's a good friend. That's a good friend because yeah, I don't know if friend. I could go and comb my dead friend's hair I'll and tell you style what, it. When my mother died, they asked me to get her jewelry and I couldn't touch her because she was cold. Oh. She really been, I mean, and I mean, you know, she was my mother. I didn't mind taking her jewelry off, but I was like, 
second I touched her cold skin, I was like, someone else has got it's it. It's not even skin. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I did the same thing when my dad died. I, I was the first time I ever I touched his hand when he was like in the casket. Lizard, and it was, right? it, it, it was like holding the hand of a, a mannequin. A yeah, it's so bizarre. Right. Skin is a live so organ, and if you're dead, your live organ is dead. So it's like a li- it's a live organ, and when you're dead, it's not. So right. it's kind of nice about the toupee, though. That is a good friend. I don't know if I could do it either, but I guess some people just don't have a thing about it. I think I have a thing about See, it. See, that was the first time that somebody died that I really had to take charge. When my father yeah, passed away, my and it was like I, I, I was like the person that I needed to talk to on how to handle this was dead. Yeah. <laughs> and then what happened was my dad had a girlfriend, and that piece of shit tried to turn my whole family against me over money and things, and it got to be such a thing. I didn't talk to her anymore, and I didn't talk to her fam, her family anymore. And then she died. She had some kind of aneurysm and died in her chair reading a book. And my cousin called me. He says, oh, I got some really bad news. And I go, what? And he goes, you know, your dad's old girlfriend. I go, yeah, she died. I go, okay, now what's the bad news? Ouch. I was just like, yeah, because it's just, it's like a big giant grab when someone dies. It's like they go through their pockets and try to figure what they're going to get out of them. We and don't all. talk to, we don't talk to Scott's dad's girlfriend either for the same reason. Yeah. It's, I've never seen anything like unreasonable. it. Unreasonable. And their will was very specific. And my grandmother's will will be very specific. And I really don't want to have any kind of arguments or fighting about it. So. I'm just yeah. going to go. And if Vince wants to give me some shit, fine. If he wants to mail it to me, that's fine. I don't even give a yeah, shit. Yeah, and I even have an aunt that I'm estranged with now because of this whole thing because she sided with her. And I was like, well, okay, there you go. You can have her. Weird to say goodbye to somebody. You know, she was a good grandmother when I was a kid. But once I I learned what she did to my mom, I was like 10. I never saw her the same way. And I, I just didn't know how to feel about her because she was always so like, my baby, my first baby, you were so beautiful. Like she told me the same thing every time about how beautiful I was and how much she loved me. And I was the most perfect child she ever saw. And I was her princess. Like it's hard to hate someone. You know, I, it's hateable. But because she's smothering me with love, it's so co- weird and complicated. Do you know what I mean? I guess. So strange. Anyway, I'm going to leave the death and your family behind and move on with the best friend. So who who would style your hair when you were dead? So I want to know from you guys, do you have a best friend? Who is it? Why is that person your best friend? Is it how long they've known you? Is it because you've been through hard times, held your hair when your hair needed to be held, or styled your hair when you were so sick through formative years as an adult? Many friendships fall through by the wayside, and you know my aversion to people and being in social situations. So if you are still my friend, you're obviously like at a certain tier of friendship, but I do have a couple of friends whose company that I thoroughly enjoy. I even have a couple of new friends, couples that we've made in the last few years. And and I see the the wives separately for lunch and it's fucking delightful. But I do have, and she's pulling ahead because I do have a best friend. She She's the beef fry to my sane ends. She sat there at breakfast with me this morning. Oh, soft shell. Do you want to eat inside or outside? She said. Outside, it's lovely. We sat outside and she leaned over before we even ordered and she pulled a whisker off my chin. Oh, now that's a friend. I will never be that close to you. I will talk about it behind your back, though. That is that is a friend. That is the style, whether it's styling your chin hair or your postmortem hair, whatever. That is a friend, a friend who leans over and with the nails on her finger, yanks the hair from your chinny chin chin. She is my beef fry. Like, there's just no way around it. Did she offer to you to blow it off her finger and make a wish for no No. more chin hair? 
but she told me she loved me. Maybe she made her own wish because she had to yank a chin hair. Like, I'm a pretty well-groomed human, and the fact that I missed one was... Melissa, I I love you, but I don't know that I would notice your chin hair, but that doesn't make me less of a friend, does it? We were sitting in the sun. I knew this was going to happen. I only had oh, okay. I only have two rogue chin hairs in my entire on my entire face. I have two, and I thought in the last at least week or so I'd gotten them both at some point. Well, that fucker is growing like crazy, I guess, because she <laughs> caught a glimpse. Jessica, dear listener, Jessica is currently looking in the mirror for a chin hair, um, and the hair everywhere on my body is pretty much blonde. So she it must have like blinded her the sun that hit down on it, and she's like, "Look, I love you, so I'm gonna." She leaned in. I think she missed it and just curled it. <laughs> because she pulled so hard. It was like the ribbons like, on the balloon. Yes, scissors. <laughs> she just curled it. So I, I came home and I found her and I plucked her. But she, I mean, that is that is a friend. Do you have a friend who would pluck a rogue chin hair? I do. I don't. <laughs> John, I don't. So I have peach fuzz. I don't really have like the one or two. I mean, I might have one or two that I actually have one on my arm that grows longer than the rest of them, which is strange. I'd pluck your arm hair. But I have a thing. It's called the Panasonic. What the fuck? It's like what? really skin, razor thin. And I just take all the piece. It's called, what's it called? Uh, uh, not defibrillating. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. It's some dermaplaning. It's derm. I mean, technically, I guess it's shaving the peach fuzz off your face. But yeah, it's a really close thing. And I just like, I just take all the peach fuzz off because, I mean, originally I did it because I hated the way it looks, especially here. And it didn't it- grow back thicker and darker? I mean, there's a few that seem thicker here and maybe over here, but I just, just do the shape. I don't care. Wow. I need to get laser. I need to get them laser because I hate it. You need another spa day. I'm actually grateful that it's white because my sister has that hair, but it's all like slightly dark because she's so dark. And I should just be lucky that I'm a blonde Jew, not a dark. But girl. your sister is like that friend of yours. She would pluck a chin hair for you. Yes. Yeah. She my would. sister would. No, but my other friend is Elsie. Elsie and I, Elsie would do that for me. Or she would at least tell me I have a chin here or. She'd like probably Elsie, style it. The last time I saw her, first thing she wanted me to do is come to her room and look at her back, which is like slightly discolored, like she, I guess from the sun. Either her, something's happening where like parts of her are tanning faster than other parts. <laughs> she was like, I mean, we didn't even like say hello, hug it. And she was like, can you come to my room? My back looks weird. And it's looked this way for a month. Like, all right, here I go. I'm not talking about check out a funky mole. That you send her to the no, doctor I'm not talking for. about that. Okay. I'm just, ta- I'm just saying she, you know, even though we could not dress any differently, if she's going to buy new clothes, she sends them to me and asks me which one and what color and what do you think of this bag? And I send her when I see new makeup. Like, we, we don't have the same style in any way, shape, or form, but we sh- we don't live near each other, but we shop virtually together. And we are the, I think she's the only person I can truly say how I feel about the people I live with without feeling like I'm going to be judged in some way. I mean, that's not true because talking to the two of you, I know that neither of you would ever judge me either. Oh, we're judging. And also my friend Kevin, who I saw over the weekend, um, he's also my best friend and he would not judge me either. But would he pull a chin hair? No, but he would tell me that. I, no, he's a man, though, but he would tell me that I have. Yeah, one. I would tell you had one. John, do he's you a have a best friend. friend that would style your toupee? He told me he didn't like my blue hair. I, I'll tell you what. So guys, first of all, guys don't do that kind of stuff. We wouldn't, maybe we'd say, hey, you got a booger or something like that. You know, maybe something like that. <laughs> Did you have spinach today? Oh, yesterday? That's yesterday's spinach in your teeth? <laughs> right. So, but I mean, does, Whoa. I mean, does girlfriends count? Because I, I really do feel that Sam is yeah, my best friend. Scott's my best friend too. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. Sam's my best friend. Like she'll, 
Like, I remember when she was here, you know, the last time she was here, I was doing something. She just leaned over and she pulled a nose hair. And that was horrifying. No, I've done that for Stu. No, I have. Scott's hair is curly and sometimes his eyebrow hairs get a little funky. And I have to tell him he's got a he's got a one trying to get away. Yeah, she grabs me by the head. You know, she'll grab me by the head and get the tweezers out and And take care of me. Do you sneeze when she does it? She I'll must really what. love you because I would never fucking do that to you. Oh, ever. I know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, you know, the fact that I, and I could tell her anything and, you know, we, we have, you know, like I said, we, we talk about stuff. And, and like I said, when I it's really weird because we both have podcasts. So I talk to her all week and then I listen to her podcast and she'll say something to me, say something on the podcast. I'm like, I didn't know that. So then I, I'm like almost jealous of the fact that I was like, what are you holding that back for? Like, we're all week, we're looking for something to talk that about. That weird. Yeah, it is weird. But you're not Lisa, and she's not you. So she's going to talk about things with you, and she's going to talk about different shit with Lisa. I get that. But the Lisa's one time— Lisa's her best friend. I, we, I do the Hate to Wait podcast with my friend Emily Prokop, and I woke up in the morning, and I decided that morning that I was going to go through bariatric surgery. And I did not tell— Samantha, because I figured I would talk to her about it that night. Well, I did the podcast, and then Lisa— Live, and she saw it. Lisa saw it live, oh. and then Lisa dimed me to Samantha, and then Samantha oh. was mad at me. I mean, you just didn't get a chance, that's all. That seems unfair. Lisa was upset with Samantha because Samantha didn't tell her that I was going through the surgery. Well, I didn't tell her yet. And I'm like, why are you— Everybody get out of my life. But I'm in a podcast talking about my life. So I guess I got to have to, under, you know. So now yeah. when I wake up, I shoot a text. I go, hey, going to make an announcement. It's this. Talk later. So I don't my get in that problem. My sister called me with my father in the car today so they could both tell me that I needed to make a doctor's appointment because they don't like my dark circles around my eyes. What kind of doctor are you going to go see for that? Just my general practitioner. But she was like, you have that could be liver disease. And I'm like, on what planet is dark circles not fatigue? And liver disease. Right. Yeah. Jaundice. It's the yellowing of your eyes. I say, yeah, then... I'm not jaundiced. It's just dark. I mean, I don't sleep. I have a four-year-old. Back I have off. a four-year-old. And, bef- you know, I mean, li- yeah, I, I made the appointment with them on the phone. because I, But I invited them to tell. I was like, would you like to say something about my weight? Do I snore? Please just get it out now because I don't want to have this conversation again. We don't talk about your weight. We would never tell you anything about your weight. I'm like, I didn't say you would. I'm inviting you to do so now. Well, that was foolish. They didn't say a word. They refused, both of them. I try not to invite people to shout out my biggest If you're going to tell me to go to the doctor for dark eyes, I'd like to know all your all your comments in one shot. Don't mm. don't let me go to the doctor and then come back and be like by the way, and also your, you know, your teeth don't look white. And also your hair is a little brittle. Like, just give it all to me now. Fuck them. That's all. I, mean, I didn't. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait. So, so speaking of flaws in your persona, there's an issue I would like your help with. Go ahead. Okay. Both of your help. I need some advice. So like you, I make friends at, at the school and like I have, uh, there's a nice girl that I've been chit chatting with in karate. In fact, there's a bunch of friends up there in karate. She comes in a little later because her son, um, has karate after Isaac. And she usually, you know, she used to sit across the room, but ever since we got friendly, she sits down in between Megan and I and helps her son get undressed. So he, so basically what the kids do is they tuck up their shoes and socks and then they put their karate shit on over their shorts and t-shirt, which they wore to school. The second this kid takes his shoes and socks off, 
I start dry heaving. You can smell it all the entire half of the room is wow, like smelly feet. It's like foot and death. No, it's not just smelly feet. Like Nathan also has this thing where like he can't even leave his shoes in my kitchen. Like he, they have to be left outside because they stink so badly. I just bought him something at Amazon charcoal inserts yeah, to get the absurd. smell out of those fucking shoes. But I can't sit next to this kid and his shoes anymore because I just cannot breathe through it. There's a couple times where I was just like, she was like, do you mind if I sit? And I'm like, does your kid's feet still stink? And she was like, yeah, probably. And she parked and fucking did it again. <laughs> At least I was like, you know, I mean, she's a cool girl, but like, oh my God. Uh, Tell her she is welcome, but stinky feet has to go across the place because I can't be near that. I'm so sorry. I love you, but I have a very weak stomach. Yesterday, Megan's husband, Matt, and I both stood up off the couch and just sat on the floor because it was so terrible. Okay. So I, since you asked, I have a solution. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? So I would get a can of, uh, what's that stuff? Um, Lysol. Yeah, or the other stuff that does, takes away odors where they spray around the- Febreze, Febreze. Febreze. Takes yeah. some Febreze. When he takes his shoes off, pull out the can and spray it inside his shoes. You might need Banaka would might be strong. Yeah, banaka. Why? Because it's smaller and like, you know that stuff that people used to- <laughs> You can put it in the shoes like, I can just keep it That's in my mint, hand. though, but that- Now he smells like minty, shitty feet. What about poo-pourri? <laughs> What about? Oh, no, no, that keeps, that's for water. That's water bound um, essence. How about Febreze? Because that's what it's made for. Yeah, Febreze. Or I really like the Lysol idea, that green can from the 70s. Like, I don't mean like the new yeah. ones, that, ha- but like the green can. Like that or that- Aquanet, right? Because they're, in- they're interchangeable. <laughs> if you're going to spray it with Aquanet, you better set it on fire after that because that's the coolest. Honestly, I just, uh, I, I. Gross. Don't even know what to do with myself. It's gross. It's terrible. I've never encountered feet of such toxicity. So when I was a kid, I had those feet. Oh, they used to stink right. so bad. Wait, like Nate does, or like this kid, like green smoke coming out of your shoes? Exactly. I was oh. fourteen years old, and the same thing. If I had friends sleep over, they would take my shoes and throw them out off, out the window. They would so open this up kid the is window, five, but okay, and throw out, throw them out the window. So back then, they used to have these insults with the charcoal. I forget what they used to be called, and I they they bought them for me to put them in my shoes, and I would put them in my shoes, and then when I would take them out at the end of the day, I would take them out, let them dry out, and I would hang them over. I had a chair with arms. I would hang them over the chair with arms. After the third day, they curled around the chair with arms like they were holding on, like they did not want to go back in the <laughs> shoes. <laughs> You need to throw them out the window. Yeah. I mean, I got Nate the charcoal inserts. I thought about gifting her a pair as well, but then I thought that was too You need spray. Forward. Yeah, that way you just spray by you so you don't have to deal with that nonsense. So what it is is your foot has a fungus, and that's why it smells so bad. And I'll tell you why I know this. This kid's only five years old. It doesn't matter. He had foot fungus. Whatever you know, five year olds can get foot fungus. I know, but so I had athlete's foot and I had it really, really bad. And I and they say it's a fungus. And I was watching TV one day, and it says Lysol kills fungus on contact. I'm like, that's a pretty good idea. Oh my god, wrong fungus! So I grab the Lysol. I go upstairs. I spread my toes apart on the <gasps> toilet. Oh no! And I spray. Did you cry? Well, no, but it hurt like hell. And I did yeah. the second. Well, here's the thing. The next day, <laughs> my feet were like fifty percent better, and I did it oh. again, and it worked. It's my feet didn't stink anywhere kidding. after that. So here's another story. I'm about sixteen years old. And I have jock itch. 
And I mean, jock itch where it was like halfway down my thigh. It was so bad. Is it a rash? Is it like a red rash? It's not like athlete's foot, right? Jessica, can't you see this coming? The Lysol on his scrotum. I said, hey, if it worked on my feet, it might work. I didn't see it coming. I didn't. So I sit down on the toilet, spread eagle, and I squirt. Oh, my God. I put fingerprints in the toilet seat. It hurt so bad. I scream so loud, my mom comes running up the stairs. What happened? I go, don't come in. Oh, I jump into the bathtub, and I'm spraying my balls with water. Oh, Is it like that cartoon where the guy's butt's on fire, and he sits in the well? Yeah, Is that what exactly. That was? <laughs> Here's that the thing. The horrible. next day, my jock itch was 50% better. I can't. Please tell me you didn't do it again. You could have been sterile. I haven't. I have five kids. I don't have five sterile. children. There are oh, twins in there that. somewhere. Oh, last time was that. a twofer. I don't think I'm sterile. So I did it for like three days. That's I've when you never, were younger. I've never had jock inch since. Oh, oh my God. I That's... don't recommend that, but that happened. Can I so ask here... you, is it that metal bottle? Remember that metal bottle of yes. Lysol? That With was that gr- green? Yes. They don't make it like that anymore. You know that right now it's a spritz and it's a whole room, blah, blah, blah. Not that like badass. Like Jess said, the same bottle that Aquanet comes in, like that same. I'm telling you, when that Lysol hit my skin, it was like battery acid. Chlorofluorocarbons. I, I could not. It hurts was, my crotch just thinking about it. Oh. And I so, was, yeah, it was horrible. But Emily, when Emily was a kid, she was obsessed with tattoos, like from a very young age. She ended up with a bunch of them. But she used to take a pen and draw on herself. So she did it one time and I think we were about to go to a wedding or something and Scott and I were super pissed because she was like covered in ink and we're about to leave for something fancy. Oh my God. So she's she like, I'll take off? care of it. She found a um, a Mr. Clean eraser sponge. Wedding. Yeah, the, mag- the magic eraser. Yeah. She had chemical... Yeah, she had chemical burns up and down her arm for like two weeks from doing that. Yes. That shit is so strong. Imagine that shit on she your just, sack. She wow, was like 10. Sucks. She was like 10. I felt so bad for her. I don't but have like, to imagine. Oh, that's awful, John. So that's terrible. awful. You know what else is awful? Climbing Mount Everest. Can you please explain to me why people feel the need to summit a 29,000 foot mountain to what say they did to be a yeah. badass? I know why. Because it was there. Mm -hmm. This mountain bordering Tibet and Nepal and the Himalayas. I mean, it's the world's largest mountain. Um, There are bodies of people that you walk over while summiting this mountain. It takes 10 days to get to base camp, to hike up to base camp in Nepal. To acclimate to the weather and to the elevation, it takes six weeks at base camp to stay there. And then another nine days to get to the top. What the fuck? People, it costs you $45,000 if you have a Western guide. If you go with a local Nepalese guide, it's between $25 and $40. But to get to the peak, it's in that price, is $11,000 for your permit to make it to the top. What? More than 200 bodies, dead bodies, you're climbing over to get... Why? 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 I guess this could be the people I hate this week. Well, here's the thing. Goys. If that's the hill you want to die on, that'd be my guess. Aha! Most literally. We talked. One. If you want to go, if that's what you want to do and you want to take that chance, I don't have no... Pro- Listen, if you want to go up there and die, I don't have any problem with it. I really don't. If that's what they want to do. I mean, some people make it. Some people don't. 
the snow has been melting because, I guess, global warming, and the bodies are piling up because these are, there's been bodies that they found that were from like 1945. They're still there, and they've been frozen. Unbearable weather, severe lack of oxygen, pressure on dead weight. It's almost unsurvivable. There's a list of what, for however many people, but there are so many people doing it. They stand hand in hand in a chain just to pass each other to get up to the... T- it is... The, I want somebody to, obviously it's not going to be either one of you. I want somebody to explain to me what it is in a person that wants to put themselves in death's way. Well, I, again, I think it, that's a, it's an adrenaline junkie thing. And it's just where someone goes to a party and says, yeah, well, when I was at the top of Mount Everest in 1998, you know, it was, you know, it's just one of those things you can brag about. It's like two months. It's like a two to three month plan and trip. And I, I mean... I just can't get over the people you hear every day. Somebody died. Somebody got lost there. There's a group they still can't find. You'll find them as you climb over them to summit. And then what do you do? Sign a piece of paper. It's a geocaching where you sign a little piece of paper. Free me was here. And then you turn around and you go back down. It's People die on the way back down. People die at base camp. I mean, stop. It's so high. They can't even get a helicopter up there or anything to get up there. To, to, to get rescue them down, to or rescue. to get the bodies down. Yes. Yeah, it's, there's just no way. It's absolutely batshit crazy. And I don't understand. You're in Tibet. You're in Nepal. It's There's such beautiful countries. Can you please take a look around? I'd rather you have your death by selfie because at least that way I know you appreciated that it was beautiful. I'm going to need some more of those soon. I'm having a death by selfie withdrawal. That's some funny shit right there. They are hilarious, but still, I would prefer the hilarious death than the, you knew this was coming. You brought yourself to the brink of, I I don't understand that thinking. And maybe it's because I live in night pants and I like comfort. And I, and if I push myself, it's to leave the house and to meet up with other people and to be social or be at my kid's school or, or be active in things that are important to me. But don't tell me something important to you is climbing a 29,000 foot mountain where you have a, I guess if you're older, they said you have a 25% chance of dying. It's 2.2% chance of dying otherwise. But why, why are you doing that? Why are you putting yourself in that position? It's one out of four. Walking over bodies. If four people are going up the hill, one of them's not coming back down. Right. If you're over what, 40 or 50 in that, in that realm. Yeah. You're out of your fucking mind. Right. Now, right. I mean, now four could go up and then four could come down. But then the next, the next four one, are fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't be in that next group of four because right. you ain't coming home. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, there's people. I mean, we were talking about it earlier. I started watching the deadliest catch again. And it's these guys that go out and catch these crabs. And they throw it all on the line for six weeks. Horrific weather. You know, if they fall over the side, they're dead. And, you know, they might make $31,000 per person for the six weeks that they're out there. Or if they don't catch crabs, they might not. They don't make anything. $31,000. Is it worth it when you see that enormous hook that's bigger than you coming around because the weather has rocked the boat and it's coming around and it impales you and you are so far out? That's it, dude. You are now chum. And now we'll catch better things because you're dead. But that's that's a that's a frightening job. I do enjoy the big the that show though. The beginning of the season, they said last year we lost three. There's three every year. There's in the beginning of the season, the first season, they tell you who died the season before, and this year it was three guys. Three guys went over the side. 
never made it back. Plus, even with that weather, it's not a huge yacht. I mean, it's a it's a reasonable sized boat where once that weather hits and you're underneath sleeping or eating or vomiting or turning green, it sounds terrible. But the money, they say, is the reason they do it. It's unbeatable money in six weeks to make over 30 grand. All right. Well, you know what you don't see out there throwing the hook? Women. Now, in all the time that I've been watching this show, there's only one woman on the show, and it's this season, and she is the daughter of the captain, and she runs the boat. In other words, she drives. She doesn't go down there and throw the hook. And you know, To me, that sounds like the smarter gender not being a part of that. I, I wonder what that. the gender breakdown is on Everest. Do you do you have any idea? I, I, I would imagine it's like 0.001% of everybody. Women? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's not that many women it's because fishing there. is so boring. No, I understand that. Yeah, it is. Well, it's and it's dangerous. I mean, aren't these more traps that they set out? Yeah, they send they send traps out and then they go back and then they pick them up and then they got to sort the crab and then they got to bait the thing and throw it back over. That's more exciting than than what Jessica's talking about, which is fishing, where you're just throwing out a line and sitting there like a dope. You know, that's that's which brings me to my second favorite TV show, which is Wicked Tuna, where they go off the coast of Massachusetts and they try to catch these bluefin tuna that are worth dressed out at five, six hundred pounds and they're getting twenty to twenty five dollars a pound for these tunas. They're they're Holy catching shit. one fish will get you t- ten to fourteen thousand dollars. That's crazy. Yeah. The only thing worse than watching a show about fishing is fishing. No, I'd rather be no, I, I think, would love to do it. Well I think the show gives you the highlights. So at least that what is you could go fishing and catch nothing and it's not called catching, it's called fishing. You're right. not that's right. Last time the guy, they hooked one, it was so big, and they fought it for over eight hours, and they thought it was going to take them to Canada. And if it goes to Canada, they, they get arrested because you're not allowed to fish in Canadian waters. Oh, if my God, that's crazy. And they're trying to get this thing before it actually drags them across the Canadian, you know, across the line into Canada. Drop a bigger anchor. Drop that guy. <laughs> they got the fish. It was 114 inches. I forget what it was. Like a, it was like a $14,000 fish. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Eight right. hours. I don't want to do something I love for eight hours, not to mention wrestle a fucking fish. Now, here's the thing about Wicked Tuna. There's one boat on there. It's a brother and sister team. They're like in their 20s or maybe early 30s. And they were they're like on the leaderboard. They, they're like first or second. And she she doesn't mess around. She can get out there and catch them tuna fish. She's a good fisher person. On a oh, that was cute. Fisher person mm-hmm. on a much smaller level. When, isn't that cute? When we go to yeah. Florida, Stuart takes both kids out fishing. Mallory loves it just as much as the boys, and she usually does a better she does a better job at catching than the boys do. And it's a competition. Everything with Stuart is a competition. So whoever gets the most, whatever gets like triple dessert or whatever it is. Or gets to choose where we go for dessert, whatever. So she has usually been the winner, and she's been the one who catches the most fish. So we we bow down and thank her as they we bring it in clean and to the bimini bait shack, and they fry it up for us, and we listen to fun songs played by a live band and eat yummy fried fish. Thank you very much, Mallory, for today's catch. Mm. She's the best. I have one trivia thing. There's something about me. Okay. There's something about you that makes me want to do the things that I do, yeah. Outside Melissa's box. This is very much, this is even worse. This is very much inside my box. John, I have a wild affinity for perforations. What's, what? 
again? Um, what does that mean? Yeah. What so, does... when, so when I was little and it was Sunday and the Sunday paper came and coupons were in the Sunday paper before they were just printed on paper, they were printed on special paper that was like perforated. So you didn't uh, need to take out scissors. You could fold it and. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, I like that. I love perforations. So if we got a, a coupon book in the mail and I wasn't interested in it at all, I would still rip it all out of the booklet just to feel that the same way some people feel when they pop those bubble wrap things. Or is it? Oh, no, no. Not for me, my friend. Um, but I, I don't. I, I guess at some point I do like twisting the bubble wrap to here, but I think that feeds the same perforation thing I have. So I've been writing in, I've always purchased notebooks that have perforations and not to just peel it off the spiral mm-hmm. because I love, see, all of my papers have a perforated edge. I had something this week. Oh, I also love when you get like a new phone or a new device peeling that plastic layer off, but I have found out that a lot of people share that affinity. Do you have that? No. Oh, John, don't ever get a new device without asking me to come over and peel that plastic layer off the top. My kids save it for me. They know I enjoy it. But perforations this week have really screwed me because I'll see other people have things. A checkbook will be the death of me because I will fold it, fold it again, and then it's joy. It's a very visceral, joyful feeling for me. Joy, and I see pump it up, pump it up, and pain. And pain. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Now, sunshine. What else? What else? What else? What else? So that's and it. Rain. That's the that's the thing. It's just like perforations, except in a bow. I look for them and I tear them, even if they're not mine. So don't put them in front of me unless unless you want me to do it. And the other the other one was a pet peeve, and it's the use of the word literally. Mmm. <sighs> yes. <laughs> At so much so that in the dictionary they had to add its opposite, sometimes used figuratively. No, 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 no. You can't take an antonym and put it in as the definition. It's it's completely crazy. And just because society is wrong doesn't mean you need to bend and change the dictionary to do it. But my kids know, and even Mallory said it to me. I'm like, if you say literally, she goes, it better fucking be happening. And I said, yes, this is literally killing me. No, but I might just to make what you said true. <laughs> it's so painful. So that doesn't bother me as much as somebody that likes to death. Like we went the other day and like he said this and like she just didn't know what to say. And like they both looked at each other and like, like oh, my God, like um, uh, the likes. Oh, it's my just God. after a while. It, it's it is literally Ugh, <laughs> killing you. No, John, you said last time, just a couple of podcasts ago, that that is the new um. Yes. So can we forgive that a little bit and hope that they get better at speaking or mature? Because I know that literally is not going to change. They don't know what it means. Literally. literally. They don't know what it means because they keep using it so incorrectly. So there is a woman that uh, grew up in the Philadelphia area, and she is now a DJ for the KISS station out in California, in in Los Angeles. She's on a station that uh, Ryan Seacrest is on. So Philly Girl Made Good. Her name is Alex, and she has a podcast now. And she goes through that podcast and like, 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 Uh. like. And I just want to shake her. But you can't listen to it. How do you listen to it? Unless you're editing it. 
Well, it's, you know, I, when I edit, I do, sometimes I chop them. If I can get to them, I chop them. Bad. But it, it takes it takes time to do it's it. Bad. But I think it's better for the listener's experience because it, to, after a while, it's like someone punching you in the ears or you're just the hair on the back of your neck goes up. That's how I feel about literally. That's mm-hmm. why I can't watch The Bachelorette. That's why I can't watch. I can't watch any of those ignorant slut shows like any like 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 any of Me those. Neither. I, it's so degrading. I can't even for the men. See now. Yeah. See, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. The Bachelorette is. Yeah, it's like all these guys, and I'm just like, ew, ew. She's also, so the depressing. current season is the dumbest creature that has ever walked to the earth. So even if I did watch it before, I couldn't watch this season because she's despicable. She's ridiculously yeah. stupid and not worthy of. And these girls, it, like in The Bachelor, the, these girls just want to win. They don't care about this guy. Correct. They're just there to win the show or be on as long as they can. So it's it, the whole thing is just a put on. It's not real. And John, for what are they fighting? This idiot who doesn't have a job, who has three months to sit here and he's yeah. not so great. And I'm guessing two out of the last eight years have have been same gender attracted. So they're not even really looking for a girl. They just didn't want to come out and say it. And what? Is that true? That's my kids false. and I would put money on that Ari creature not being straight and See, would put money on their couple. That's false advertising. That's not Al- right. Allegedly. Guys, I love you, but I have to put my little poodle to bed. Wait, I do want to tell you one last thing. When we recorded last week, Jessica was here. I left her after we recorded and I got a phone call at lunch that dog number two for me um, has cancer. So this oh. week I am... I am waiting to hear what kind of cancer and if it's going to take him out in 90 days or two years with pain meds and whatever. I'm not going to, at the age of 11 for this dog, start with chemo and radiation. I'm not crazy. I don't want him to be uncomfortable and, and I want him to have quality. And I'm not looking for me to have quantity. I want him to have quality. So that is my second struggle. I've kept the listener uh, up to date on Death Dog 1 and now we're on... I'm going to see who's going to live longer, your grandmother or my second canine. Uh, I'm going, I'm putting my money on a canine. Living longer. Especially the other day when I was talking to you on the phone and I hear you. She'll probably live a little longer. Leave him alone. He's got cancer. He will will live a little longer. He will live a little longer, but if he's going to be in pain, then what are you going to do? Exactly. I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do. Welcome to the needle. I just saw it six weeks ago in your buddy or lack of buddy. I, I, it's, it's, Terrible. And my kids said, well, do you think never again, no more dogs? I'll volunteer anywhere. I'll foster. Get that dog out of my house. I can't deal with the loss. It's brutal. Yeah. Brutal. So sorry to leave it on a downer note. It is a funny podcast. That was a downer. Sorry. Oh, little little known fact. I also learned, you know, the the thing, the Snopes probably thing about red Solo cups. Do you know their... No. Do you know the lines that are on the red Solo cups? Not no. just for traction and holding. The bottom one is the one ounce mark. It's the mark of almost a shot. Then there's the five ounce mark, which is the glass of wine. And then the 12 ounce, which is the beer. I did not know that. So you know where to do the pour. There you go. Fun facts. Fun fact. So is that funnier? Yes. All right, Hilarious. Jessica, take us out. Because you, know you know all the things. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to Brilliant Observations. We um, 
are grateful that you allowed us to be fascinating for about an hour. If you want to give us feedback on anything we talked about today, please respond uh, and send us an email at brilliantobservations at gmail.com. You can also find it at us at Listen Brilliant on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can find our website at brilliantobservations.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for being hilarious. And we will see you next time. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you.